Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here, and you are listening to Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. Hello, peasantry, and welcome back to the Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. I am, of course, your host, Lord Pomplemousse, and today I have with me the collection of the most esteemed gentlemen in the entire tile world. Joining me today is, of course, the very fair Seduge the Lingerie. Yo. The very, very funny and fairest of maidens, Rapunzelot. Our court minstrel, Sir Roxalot. Aha. The greatest of archmages. Sir Nylum. Yeah, yeah. And a newest gentleman that is joining our club. The very amazing Sir Rancelot. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, welcome back to episode number two. Number two. Number dude. two. <laughs> Sir Rancelot the loud. <laughs> <laughs> and the unfunny. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Sir yeah, Crash I'm, the pun. Posh posh. Pish posh. <laughs> Pish push, pish push. Piffle. Yeah. So we talked. Uh, we talked last episode uh, about ideals versus reality, and uh, we agreed to this time to talk about uh, condoms. <laughs> but before we get into that, I thought we'd have a we'd have a casual conversation so that we we keep it classy before we get into uh, the crazy discussion that is condoms and talk about telephones a bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, so Rapun- you can make calls. <clears throat> yes, th- this new device, this magic device that you can hold up to your ear and make a call all across the world. But I think uh, Rapunzel, you actually had a, a, a devious disaster with your telephone. Yeah, I mistakenly put the stupid phone in my my swim short pocket. Yes, and of course the lovely wife came with me today. Very distracting. Very distracting. So, uh, yeah, she, um, of course, yaps and talks and uh, side, side kind of sidetracked me and I uh, just jumped in the pool and went to swimming. And, uh, Bad form. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, 30, 45 minutes later, I realized the stupid effing phone was in my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so you effectively went swimming with your phone in your shorts. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> He the, tried to make a phone call from the bottom of the pool. Yes, and, and uh, you know, it, it didn't ring. It didn't ring anything to me. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I've got it in a bag of rice right now, and um, we'll see. We'll see. And I, I had to dial this funny thing that's on my desk because I'm not used to it. And it actually, it, a funny thing, it's, it's got a cord on it. But uh, that was the only way. Actually, I didn't use that. I used my computer and made an appointment at the stupid Apple store. It's going to charge me three hundred dollars to fix the goddamn thing. But did you did you tear apart the phone as in many pieces as you can without actually breaking it? You know, you just separated the battery, you separated the SIM card. Did you take iPhone. all of that apart? iPhone doesn't come apart. Yeah, it's it an iPhone. Does. Yeah, it's an iPhone. You need a you need a special. Oh. It almost looks like a knife where you put it. And you need two of them to work around it, and it snaps out. Wow. 
That's yeah. really early on for me to show uh, the level of my ignorance about uh, <laughs> Apple products. What's really cool is if you if you do a, if you get a battery replacement kit, they send you this really cool tool bag that's got every little possible tool you could use to yeah. take one of them apart. So I have a couple of those. Gee, Santa, I'll send you my phone. You can. Uh... <laughs> you know, I I tried once on my. I had the old iPod and the crystal had cracked. And I bought the kit, but they are so hard to take out without shattering that stupid glass. I think I got close. It was just about to pop, and then I rushed it a little bit, and tsh, it's like, motherfucker. <laughs> so I didn't. Anyway, so um, yes, yes, uh, stupid phone went for a swim, and it's going to cost me a little bit of money, but... Uh, you know, what can I say? Money's no object in our club. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no. You are... I'm clearly in the wrong oh. club. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, speaking of cellular devices, one reason why I wanted to bring this up is, uh, as we all know, I'm a big advocate of pressing the big red button of shutting down the internet. But part of that belief here, is here. that... Yeah, here, here. Here, here. here. Mm-hmm. I hear some hisses and boos. Uh, but yeah. I, I really believe that the cellular age has taken over pretty much human life as we know it. What are your guys' feelings on this? Well, Since I've been playing Marvel Puzzle Quest all damn day, then yeah, I agree with that. I just think through this, computing is the future. Any mobile device, cell, iPad, tablet of your choice, pretty soon they will be indistinguishable from things like desks, cars, watches, and you will just interact online constantly so if you're not into that sort of thing well then you know too bad for you because it's coming but do you feel like it's destroying human connection because i mean yes, like you, you you see a bunch of people go out and you look over at a at a table of people and they're like you know like a like a witch's covenant they're all like silent just staring down at themselves they laugh occasionally and show somebody a funny image but then they keep going out at their phones whatever yes. happened to good old communication and just talking and, oh, and, and being fair- social the fair lady Sharon and I, when we are in our, our carriage traveling through town, and both of us are staring down at our phones, we call this bonding. <laughs> so, who's driving some, the carriage? At some point, we look down and we go, we're bonding. <laughs> who, who's who's it, driving the carriage, sir, rocks a lot? It's funny that you bring this up. My, my good boy. Oh, 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 very good, very good. Everyone needs a boy or a man, whatever. <laughs> So the, so the the boy was driving. A man summons. Footman. A footman, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So what, what were you saying, uh, Rance a lot? You know, I was listening to you and your dad on Diamond Mines, and you guys got into this technology conversation, and, and you know, your dad pushed you on the, the issue of pushing the button and killing the internet, and he said, oh, Grant would do it too, which, yeah, I would, and you, you guys had this back and forth, and I thought to myself, you know the only person in our group who actually really went for it in, in from an ideological standpoint was Lady E, when he lived without uh, the majority of technology for an entire month. And he felt better for it. Nylon, so, how, how did you do that? You just you just decided to give up your phone and, and basically all internet for a month to pursue creative projects. First, yeah, it was a f- phone, TV, computer, all that stuff. Um, at the beginning, it was actually super tough for like the first three or four days. And then it got really easy. Um, definitely thought there was going to be a lot more time to be more creative, but I realized how much time I actually just wasted 
when there really isn't enough time to do more things, you just waste more time. So yeah, it was definitely a lot more creative, but not as much as I would have liked to have been. But it was a nice, nice month went by quick. I suggest people out there doing it. It actually felt really good. Did you lose a bet or did you no, just we do just, it on your own? I don't remember what we were doing our little camp Carmel here, our friends next door. We just decided to do it one day. And didn't it have something to do with Angela's awesome podcast and something that they were talking about in one of their episodes? Well, a lot of the stuff I've been doing lately actually has to do with that podcast. Uh, it's like every time I turn around, I'm choosing muscles here and there. It's like crazy. But, uh, but yeah, um, I, I don't remember specific. It probably was something, but I know we were the neighbors. We were talking about it as well. So that probably could have sparked it. I was just going to say the podcast you'd mentioned, Grant, that the same speaking like David mentioned where everybody's head is down. And we were waiting for uh, a quality audit. We were waiting for the auditors to come. And we were in a room about probably 40-plus people. And I was sitting next to the quality director. And I looked around, and not one person was talking to one person. Their heads were all down on their phones, tick, 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 with their thumbs. And, and I looked at the quality director, and I said, do you think that you know we're going to – look like like we're going to be born with bent necks down you know, evolution wise so <laughs> the next 100 or 200 years you know how we all evolve you know like they say that our our wisdom teeth are now not coming in anymore because we don't use them <laughs> because you look everybody's neck is all bent down and sure evolution 100 years from now 200 years from now we're all going to be born with our heads neck down because yeah, that's going to so be a natural pose this was the same thing I was discussing with my good friend Gutenberg as he was taking something off the press. And I told him that these blasted books were the devil's scourge. <laughs> Pretty soon, all of us will be walking around with our noses shoved in books and reading constantly. What a concept. We'll disconnect from each other. We'll just be totally lost in worlds of fantasy. There'll be entire rooms dedicated to these ungodly tomes. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you I think saying that been there, done that? Is that what you're saying, douche? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think that we're all guilty of it. Like, yes, I would absolutely kill the internet if given the opportunity. But at the same time, I'm like a drug addict who can't get enough of it. Like, but, a, and, and I think you were saying the same thing, Dave, right? In, in that episode. Yeah. But the thing is, if it's used properly, and here's an example. Today I was doing the brakes in my son's car, and I didn't have the right star for the uh, caliper bolt. So I went to AutoZone, and I'm in there, and, you know, there's a row of them, and I'm going, oh, shit. Pulled up my phone. What do you use to pull a 2001 Tahoe caliper bolt? T55. Thank you. What would I have done if I'd not had that internet? Because I asked the guy at the desk first, and he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I said, you can't look it up. So he looked up the bolts, and replacement bolts, if you were to buy them, have a nut on them. They don't have the star on them. And, and so he couldn't help me. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, that's, that's kind of a silly question, because we've, we all existed without certain technological advances and figured ways around them before the, the technology made it easier but it's time. That's you know that, that, that's a, no different. That's no different than having a remote control to your TV. You know what? We used to just get up and change it, and no one no one complained. And then what happened is they invented the remote control, 
and it, and and we we use the remote control to change the TV, it, and then we only complained when we'd lose the remote control, and and instead of getting up and walking four feet to the TV, we'd sit around and spend five, fifteen, twenty minutes looking for the remote. The only thing is that information would only be at a dealership, so I would have had to leave the truck sitting there overnight. I wouldn't have got it done today. I'd have had to go to a dealership tomorrow or call them on the phone when they were open and say, "Hey, what socket do you use?" Okay, then I'd have to drive back and and pick it up. So it's it's not just how simple it was. I mean, to turn TV versus to wait a whole day with a car torn apart and he couldn't have gone to work. That's kind of different, don't you think? No, it's all about a matter of convenience. I've that's a, that's a lot of you, time. Saved. You would have been fighting with it, but eventually you would have found it. I would have bought them all and then returned the one that I didn't Exactly. <laughs> that, you would have bought the packaged one where all of them are in there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, when, when I was a little nerd sitting in my room all alone when I was a kid, I used to dream of the day that we have now. Um, I would plug away on my Commodore 64 and enter in code to create these cheesy little games. And I used to think, wouldn't it be great if I could call up a map and see everything in an area before I go there? Wouldn't it be great if I could get all my music in one place? Wouldn't it be great if I could talk to someone on the other side of the world? So I'm, I'm living a dream right now. I mean, say what you will about what it's doing to us sociologically, but for me, it has been a spiritual, intellectual awakening like I've never known. And Dave wants to pop that dream bubble. Have you? Have I you, know. Have you ever read Ready Player One? I've heard about it. Yeah, you, I haven't read or, it yet. I know the premise. Player One. That's a, a what a book. So it's a book about gaming. Well, it, people basically live virtual lives. Yeah, so, so technology has evolved so far to where people just plug into the virtual reality because it's more of a reality to them than actual real life is. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm worried that society will turn into. Most of society, well, most of society is not turned into that, but a large chunk of it has. Yes. I mean, and nope. but but to be fair, Dave, you and I and and maybe some of the other people here are, are also guilty of it. Like we're not escaping it. We are those people who sit in a room two feet from somebody else and looking at our phones and we're checking our, tw- uh, you know, our Twitter yeah. feed and we're checking, we're checking to see, you know, um, how the podcast is doing and we're checking to see, you know, we're just, we're always like starving for this information. That's not really important, necessary information or important. Yeah. Like you said, as important as literally having a, a chat or, you know, connecting with someone eye to eye. Well, anybody that like I, a friend of mine's dating and, and he went out and out for a dinner date and the woman was on her phone the whole time. And, you know, I've <laughs> been on one a long time ago where this was pre-internet on the phone. This was just text messaging and she was on her phone. And I just, you know, I just was like, all right, well, that made up my yeah. mind instantly. No and I look at she, it this way. This is a personal choice. I mean, I know, I know, I know two people that do not have email addresses. And guess what? They're left out on a lot of stuff because yeah. that's how we communicate today. Yep. And we're we're not making phone calls and we're not doing that. And and if and if somebody wants to not be part of it, they can disconnect. Because here's the thing: is most of us that enjoy it love the 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 informational, the mm-hmm. uh, convenience, the uh, ability to uh, connect long distances with people and that kind of stuff. And the people that don't like it are talking about uh, social issues. I work for Nortel, right? And uh, 
the way text messaging came around way, way back in the 90s, <clears throat> whenever it was, maybe it was even 80s, but it was, I think it was 90s, early 90s. But uh, there wasn't that much bandwidth for all the cell phone users. So they were trying to get people not to use their phone as much so that they could get more <laughs> subscribers on the line. So yeah. they developed text messaging because it doesn't take up a lot of space. And they did not expect it to turn out to be what it came to be. They thought it would just, you know, people would just use it for quick messages or whatever instead of using their phone, and that would open up more bandwidth on, on the airwaves. And that's it's how stupid that turned out to be. I mean, nobody uses a phone. Do you ever see anybody talking anymore? Maybe yeah, sales guys in that, but... That brings up a whole other social aspect, which is a lot of people prefer to text than talk because they're not as comfortable speaking. But they can, they can, they're more comfortable with with using this text technology, and it's a lot faster than an email. And yep. so it brings up this whole different idea. Once again, it's a social as it's a social thing. It's a psychological thing. It it goes into uh, human behavior, whereas. Like, I, I don't care about that stuff. I just love the information. I love what it allows me to do, uh, how it allows me to communicate, you know. And I think it's it allows people that, that would ordinarily be very shy or have a difficult time communicating to actually get out there and yeah. meet people. Yes. Could you, Heno, Heno, could you comfortably live without your cell phone? Yeah, I could. I just, I, I so... Uh, what has it been now? Almost a month. I don't know. Maybe only three weeks. I had a couple of games that I was absolutely hooked to on my um, iPad, on my iPhone. And I decided, you know what? Enough. It was taking up so much time and it was changing my mood. And it wasn't easy at first. I seriously wanted to do it because it was something that I, I enjoyed playing. Um, but I got through it. And if I can get through that, I could get through, I, you know, whatever new form of communication I'd have to use, I'd go use it. So yeah. was it Flappy Bird, dude? Yeah. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm screwed because the new work format that we have in manufacturing is no phones are on your – it's not even a desk. It's a – I think you saw some pictures of my work. It's just a straight aisle. I have a desk because I'm a senior manager, but but it, no, there's no phones. Uh -huh. And so your cell phone is your phone. That's the way they look at it. You don't need a desk phone anymore. Why should we have to pay a desk phone and a cell phone? And so tomorrow, anybody needs to get a hold of me, they're not going to get a hold of me. <laughs> no one will be able to get a hold of me. And I'll be just sitting at my desk going, why doesn't anybody want to talk to me today? <laughs> <laughs> All because of that liquid water from the sky. I'm, yeah. I mean, to me, when it comes to work, I'm screwed. From a personal aspect, I still like to know that my kids have the ability to contact me if there's an emergency anytime. That's the only thing that, that I love, that comfort zone versus you wouldn't have that if it wasn't around. So like you, what you're saying is if I press the little red button right now to cut off the internet, it's I'd, the have, bat. I'd have no way to talk to you. Exactly. The, the bat signal's gone, man. Oh, you, you could write a letter, Dave. Yeah. And then... Dad, dear dad, I'm going to die tomorrow by the time you get this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> at, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, the, the usage of it and the way that we involve ourselves in it has to... There has to be a happy medium and and a bit of moderation, and I'm terrible at it. I, f I find myself like I really look forward to talking to you guys. I look forward to talking to everybody that's going to RCCC, and I don't I don't want to miss out on like information or funny tweets or anything like that because then I feel like I'm out of the loop. And I actually have been paying way too much attention too frequently to it, and I need to like drop back from that. And I but but I'm I've been so addicted to it 
that I don't know how to find that moderation without the feeling that I'm missing out. I I would argue that you're not able to do that because there there have been times when you've been out of communication, you may post a picture or two and come back in and check, but but then you go off and you you live your life. So it it doesn't appear to me anyways. Right. So what I'm doing is you I'm don't constantly, have control. I'm constantly monitoring it whether I engage or not. It's like I'm I'm still oh. looking at it. And I'm still face down in it, like you said, my, so my neck bent. You're, you're creeping on us all. Nice. Right, right, yeah. And it's like that with you know with some other uh, chat rooms and stuff that I'm in. And it's just, I I really would like to find that moderation without the the feeling that I'm losing out on stuff that doesn't really matter. <laughs> Are you saying we don't matter? No, you know, you know, you know, just some of the conversations and and, your, your kids are older now and they're going out. So you're going out, they're friends, 14, 15 years old. Okay. Take care. You know, make sure you're home by 11 Mm -hmm. and now it's 12 and Mm -hmm. now it's one. You try and phone where they're at. No answer Mm -hmm. because they don't have a cell phone. They can't get a hold of you. No, no, but that's why I put the pet tracker in there lining up the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> but would they, would they pick up the laughing. cell phone? <laughs> I'm not hey, we laughing. Did, we did great with pagers forever. Oh, my God. So, pagers. so yeah. funny you bring that up, Eric. We were talking about that last week. I needed a, a phone to call the pager. <laughs> I, I had a pager for the longest time. Matter of fact, I had a pager when I started dating my wife, but I, I had it maybe a year or two before I even met her and I was dating a girl and she took me home to meet her parents. And the first thing they asked me, am I a drug dealer? (laughs) (laughs) Old old school dealing days. Holy cow. Yeah. I was terrible. Yes, I am. (laughs) I was like, why are you looking? (laughs) You're dropping your phone in the, or taping your phone in the pool reminded me. I had a friend when pagers were like a big thing, they had there was a line out there that you could get like every color and they had different faces and stuff. And he went through between skating and surfing, went through every single pager this <laughs> manufacturer had. We were out surfing one time and about an hour in he got a page. And he's like, Oh shit. He looks down as it vibrates, you can't even read the screen. It was just ink or whatever. It looked black. But they reminded me when you went swimming. I thought it was funny. <laughs> so with a pager, you'd get a page and it, it, it's like, so get to a fax machine and fax me something? Is that the whole thing? No, no, deal? It, would, it would have like you would page number. them your phone number. Yeah. And oh. then you'd have to go to a pay phone. See, I don't, I don't, we didn't have wow. internet when there were house phones and stuff. I mean, that the internet's never affected. I mean, it's made it more convenient to call, but there's, we could still call. Without having the internet, no. When I was on uh, on a modem in my house uh, back in the early nineties, I'd be on my computer on dial-up, running. What is this dial-up that you speak of? In a chat room, AOL. Where where you take? Yeah, exactly. You take a phone and you hook it into a modulator that takes the signal. And transfers it or demodulates it. And that was called a modem. And that's what we used to use before the internet. We would connect from one computer to another computer, peer-to-peer style. It, it reminds me of a story when you were telling that how the name modem came around. 
I was, uh, when I worked for Nortel, we used to go to the, the schools around the area, like junior or elementary schools, and talk about what our company did. It was kind of like, oh, in your neighborhood, this is kind of manufacturing that's going on. And it's supposed to inspire them and, oh, I want to be like you. I want to be an engineer. So I was talking to these kids one day and I was asking if anybody knew why we call them cellular phones or why we call them cell phones. And uh, one kid put up his hands. He says, is that because you sell them? <laughs> wow, that's genius. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> but, you know, because it's cellular, that like the, the towers all fit within a cellular block. That's why they're called cell phones. <clears throat> but so I had to draw a little map and I showed them. And I think, I don't know if I told this on one of our podcasts or not, but this was really cool because we had to take. Uh, there was a chip that Qualcomm did that went on our boards because we built the the cell site, the tower equipment. We didn't build the phones. We built the tower equipment. And I think Qualcomm was building the phones, CDMA phones at that time. So we had to buy all these phones because they had no chips to spare. And we removed the chip and put them on our boards because it had to do with GPS tracking that the tower has to do to hook up to the phone. Anyways, so we had all these phones with the board's taken out, but they looked like a real phone. They just didn't work. So I brought them to this school, and at the end, I pulled them out, and I said, hey, guess what, guys? I've got a free phone for you. <laughs> I almost had a ride on my hands. These kids, <laughs> these kids went crazy. You know, they're like, they just went nuts. <laughs> Desks were turning over and everything. So I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They don't work. They don't work. <laughs> no, you should have seen the, very, the disappointment. <laughs> but they all thought they were getting a free cell phone. So one, one, one question I do want to ask, uh, before we get into condoms is, um, Grant, Eric and, uh, Doug all have kids and I think you've, you all have kids kind of, but I don't, well, you do, you, you, well, you'll, you'll see, you'll see where my, you'll see where my, my question's going. You'll see, you'll see where my question's going. They, they all have younger kids, right? Like all under 16. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So my question for each of you, and uh, we'll start with Doug, then go to Grant, then go with Eric, is how are you raising your kids now with this kind of era of cellular takeover? Do you do you have dinner and tell everyone they have to put their phones away? Do you encourage your kids to go get them? Uh, any, any, any comments you have? Let's start with well, you, Doug. I must say, I, I mean, everything I have, I owe to technology. I eat technology for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. But it's never actually come up. Oh, don't have your cell phone at the dinner table because none of us do. That is, that is one of the places where we, we do connect. We all eat meals together. So I never really put a lot of thought into it, but yeah, no one usually has their phones or devices at the table and it's never really been an issue. However, Netflix does stream almost continuously in my house. So, I mean, there's issues other places with immediate access to content, but the cell phone uh, itself doesn't seem to be an issue at this point. How about you, Grant? For me, the rule is, is I don't bring my cell phone to the dinner table. Uh, my kids don't have cell phones. They don't have iPads. They don't have access to that kind of technology, and they're not going to uh, it, it, unless they pay for it. Uh, my kids, when they are uh, what I consider to be old enough 
14, 15, 16, and they're going out and about and they're on their own and stuff and they need to have a cell phone in order to communicate with me and or they want to communicate with their friends, uh, then they're going to have to pay for it. It's not something that I'm going to pay for. Um, it's I think it has to be their choice, their decision, but I'm not going to I'm not going to fund it. Uh, and, and then they have, you know, they learn responsibility and can, I'm going to put a ton of money into and then have them, uh, destroy it, lose it and not care because they're not paying for it. It's, it's a responsibility issue. And, and they know that it's something we've talked about. The, the, the bad part is me. Like they see me with my face in the phone and I can only imagine that's probably doing them a disservice and giving them the wrong impression of the benefits of technology. Uh, Grant. You know, seeing me. Yeah. Your daughter. Yep. In let's say 10 years is going to be dating. Well, she'll be 19. So I hope so. Yeah. So (laughs) when she goes out and she says, nah, I don't want to buy a cell phone. I have a feeling you're going to be coughing up some dough, mister, (laughs) to buy her a cell phone because you're going to want to know where she is who she's with, why she didn't answer the phone. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and it's it's. I guess it's a funny picture to paint, but it's just not going to be my reality. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the dad sitting on a porch with a shotgun kind of thing. I, I will be worried and I will fear for my children as they make their way out into the world. But, um, you know, again, it goes back to, it surely it makes it easier. Surely it might lessen the worry. But for years and years and years and years, people let their daughters and sons go out on on dates or go out with their friends, and they didn't have uh, a way to instantaneously call and check up on them or call in case there was an emergency. And that's just the way that society lived. And for me, I, I just I don't want to get into worse habits than I already have. And I don't want my kids to either. If it's, but, but I'm not against them having the technology. I'm just going to give them the choice as to whether or not to have it. And if they, they choose to, they can afford it. They will work for it. If it's important to them, they will have it. Well said. Here, here. It'll be important to them because you're going to say you ain't going out that door unless you got one. <laughs> <laughs> there is a GPS in the phone, you know. You can track them. What Just saying. If, if the elevation's changing, but the dot's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you right now, Paul. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's remember you have a daughter as well, Paul, sir. This is true. This is true, this Dad. This is true. But she's so mean, I don't have to worry about her. <laughs> wow. How about, uh, how about you, Eric? Um, I'm somewhere right in the middle. I'm around... Corbin's about to be 14, Ruth's 11. I, I'm, I'm with Grant where I'm the one that has to put my phone away when we eat, and we all eat together, and and I've tried to make it a habit where when we're socializing, the phone's not around. Um, I don't want, I don't think the kids need a phone right now. Their mom, they have one at their mom's, but here they don't. When they're at school or places like that, there's ways of me, for me to get a hold of them. Um, but definitely when they get a little bit older, I'm down with them getting a phone. I'm down with helping them take care of it, like to get it. But it'll definitely be like, uh, you know, they'll help around the do chores or whatever to help take care of it. And it's not going to be no iPhone six or whatever. I'm cool with a flip phone. They don't need anything more <laughs> than that. 
You know what it's I mean? It's 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 to get it's to get a hold of you, and that's all it's for. It's not for you to be playing on when you're in, in class at school. It's not none of that. So See, that's it. The minute you open the door uh, to this technology for your kids, before they're responsible adults, or before you know you've made that determination as a parent that they're responsible adults, and you have that trust, it, it opens Pandora's box to. I mean, I guess it's a catch-22. You're, you're giving them an opportunity, essentially, to make mistakes with the hopes that they're going to make good choices. But Yeah, if but I if could... you get them just a phone, like just a cheapo dude, I've looked into it. There's like just phones, flip phones. I mean, you don't need – there's nothing fancy about it. Right, but then, just... but but let's look at the reality of that situation, Eric, in this day and age. Then those kids are going to think you're a complete tool, and they're going to be afraid of what their friends are going to think because <laughs> they have a flip phone. Yep. I mean, that is the reality. Well, a that's a bummer on. for them, do you, huh? Do you... Right, so, so what, it, what, that, what, what I'm saying then is that they're basically <laughs> going to tell you to piss off, and then they're going to afford their own technology. And, and then they'll pay for it. And then exactly, there you go. Exactly, that's my point. And then... <laughs> Then that that uh, burden of responsibility, the burden of caring for it, the replacement of it, etc., falls on them, and there's a lesson there to be learned. Yeah, I've done a pretty good job of trying to teach them to not care about what other people think about them. I mean, my son freaking walks around with shorts and a shirt tucked in and a t-shirt with no belt. So... I don't think he cares what people think he looks like, all right? Call back. <laughs> I don't know if everybody knows this, but you know how you go and you have a two-year contract because they're literally trying to pay for the phone that you've picked. But if you don't want any contract, you can bring your own phone. You can just buy a pay-as-you-go phone, and those pay-as-you-go phones are the same phones that you get. You don't get the real fancy ones, but if you've ever looked, they've got like, I don't know, the Nokia 525, let's say, which is four or five or six hundred dollars if you were to get it through a contract. But they're selling them for like ninety-nine dollars. And the reason for it is that's the only way someone could pay, afford to buy a phone for a pay-as-you-go, but they're the exact same phones. You take it in, you say, I want service, they, you're, not, you're just month-to-month uh, -month and you're not on a contract because you're, you're bringing your own phone, you've paid for it. And I've done that with the kids uh, before where they've lost and our contract wasn't up, I'd just go get them a pay-as-you-go phone until their two years were up where we could replace it with something they really wanted. But those phones are fine. Like a lot, they're they're fully functional internet, like everything else. It, they may have a plastic case instead of a metal case, or you know, they're they're not the real sharp looking ones or something like that. But well, you but. can get like iPhones and San, Samsung Galaxies uh, with no contract through Virgin Mobile. I pay forty five dollars for unlimited everything. God. But did you have to uh, buy your phone or? Man, I, I did. I I did. I bought a Samsung Galaxy. Uh, S3, and I paid. Uh, I, I waited for it to be on sale. I paid a hundred and I think eighty nine dollars. Yeah. Um, I, when it was on sale through them, uh, normally like two fifty or three hundred. They might even be more now because they they essentially, even though you've had um, more Samsung Galaxies come out, the the three is still considered to be like their best model to date, even beyond the the S6 that's out right now. Yeah. Right, so um, that's a lot of a lot of times you see the pay-as-you-go phones. They're the older models, and they're they're fine. They're just not the latest, greatest, but they're cheap. I don't think there's one over a hundred bucks, and yet they're they're everything you want. The biggest Internet. thing is making sure you get onto the right network. Right, you have to buy the pay-as-you-go for the network you want to go on. So AT and T or T-Mobile or 
whatever, they have the page. Some of them aren't called pay-as-you-go. I think that's a brand name that someone has, but they do sell them for whatever provider you want to go with, right? So it must AT&T. be nice to have so many options in the U.S. I was just going to say that, Doug, because we get hosed here in Canada. Absolutely hosed when it comes to cellular phones. A indeed. I don't even want to get into it. I learned, it just I learned about that the other day from Stephen Amell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. When he does, he's doing his uh, Facebook live Facebook thing. And he was like, I just did it for 10 minutes and it was $55 or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, so they just told me I have to stop. Stephen Amell. Yeah, yeah. Do we have any other conversation topics to bring up for phones before we switch into our, our covering topic of condoms? I don't know. I think we could talk a lot on this subject, but we've covered some pretty good ground, though. I actually have a similar question. That would be a good segue into condoms. Okay. You started off. So, uh, Prick. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a dick. Come on. So when, when, when this again? topic first came up, I was like, well, what? how are we going to talk about condoms? And then and actually the last question kind of floats right into mind, which is, so parents of children of various ages have you or are you going to grab the banana and roll the condom on it or are you going to leave it up to our wonderful education system to teach your kids for you oh i get to sit back in this one i got no kids that's a stretch and and those old enough did you do it (laughs) or did you leave it to our educational system In the province of Ontario, the provincial government has seen fit to equip our children with the latest in, shall we say, prophylactic technology. They've uh, they've done the banana roll, and my daughter's words, and I quote, it was the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's awesome. End quote. Now, I looked up some statistics on, on this because I knew this was coming, and they said only 39% <laughs> of American high school students are taught how to correctly use a condom in their health classes. So that means not all high schools are teaching that either. No, mm-hmm. no, because there are abstinent-only um, communities in this uh, country. They also happen to have the highest pregnancy rates. In right. the so 39, <laughs> 39%, that, that's it. Yeah. So that makes sense because at least in the U.S. there are areas that are just, especially in the quote-unquote Bible Belt, where they teach no sex education whatsoever. Mm, yeah, and that just baffles my mind because like, even though you have these beliefs, that's fine, but you still have to realize that people are people and you should try to cover all your bases, no pun intended, and uh, at least show them uh, uh, what the proper way to do if you do and come into these situations instead of just being like, no, you, shouldn't, you just shouldn't do it. Yeah, but that's the religious way. I know. There's, it, there's no options. <laughs> you just don't do it. The commanded way. Yeah. We've, we've commanded you. Do not do it. I yeah. am uh, very Wasn't close. Wasn't that Monty Python where the Catholics were selling their kids because he couldn't afford them? I think that was the meaning of life. And he's saying, but we, we can have sex anytime because, you know, we can wear condoms. And she's going, well, why don't we then? <laughs> <laughs> can we? You know, do you remember that? I've I haven't seen a lot of Monty Python to be I'm honest. I'm pretty sure it's the meaning of life. That's the one. I think it was too. Yeah. Because she was standing there doing the dishes. All of a sudden, smack! Kid hits the floor, and she says, "Can you get that, hun?" <laughs> she just continues making dishes because she had so many kids. She didn't even twitch. <laughs> well, what were you, What were you saying, Grant? Uh, I'm I'm actually just hindering on the um, 
the part of raising my daughter where I'm trying to decide. Uh, excuse you. Um, sure. <laughs> Damn chairs. Uh, you know, what is going to be the right age to, to sit down and have this conversation? Because apparently kids are uh, starting, um, I guess, to, to sexualize and be sexualized at a much younger age than when I was growing up or than when my parents were growing up. It's just a completely different world we live in with regards to sexuality. And But I also have to try and so, – so I'm balancing, you know, okay, when, when do I sit down and have this conversation with her? How much do I tell her? How do I present the information? And, you know, you, you have all that to consider. And, and you're looking at, you know, how much is she actually going to understand? Where is she developmentally-wise – um, in, in being able to absorb this information and understand, you know, the, the content so that she's not running to school and telling all her friends what the conversation we just had. And she under, she understands the, I guess, the respectful nature of the topic or how she has to respect it. And so, yeah, I'm not sure she's nine, you know, uh, she'll be 10 in April of next year. And and I don't know if that's if I'm waiting too long, if it's going to be too early. Like yeah. as a parent, and not having a lot of input from other parents, and I be honest with you, I haven't like read a lot of books or Google searched it uh, because I'm trying to figure this out for myself. Uh, I don't know when that is. Well, let's Probably ask Dave. by a bet. <laughs> oh, bird. <Yeah. laughs> well, no. What I'm what I'm thinking is, I know for a fact that they didn't have it in our schools when Dave was growing up. So I was just wondering what his thoughts are in reverse to saying, did, how did you find out? Uh, real quick, though, I, I, I guess I, yeah, go to, ahead, go ahead. To, to answer Heno's question, Heno, I don't want to leave it in, in the, the hands of the teachers and, and the educators. Now, with that said, we go to a charter academy, and it's, um, it's a very wonderful school with very very excellent and attentive teachers and but regardless of that i still don't want to entrust anything of that nature to to someone else it, it's it's my responsibility as a parent and frankly when i became a parent uh you know that's i i looked forward to that even even if it was going to be a struggle or a challenge or something difficult i looked forward to the day that i i i'm put in that situation where i have to sit down and have that conversation it's a growing it's a growing moment for me just as much as it is for my child. Now, I was just thinking about something. Go ahead. So going back, this a lot of what it's come to now is, I think, a result of the Internet and having all this information out there for kids to see. I mean, you look at the kids going, I know my son's watched. We, we had nudie mags growing up. I know he's watched pornos and done all that stuff. But not only do you have to teach him how to put on a condom or how to do this and that. But you also have to teach them, this isn't the way things really are. This isn't how this is. Don't treat a woman <laughs> like this. Don't do this and that. I mean, there's so much more out there now that... You do not hook your finger right... In- anyway. No, I'm just going safe. Cowboy isn't real. I'm just going safe, and I'm going to be gentlemanly, and it's only anal till marriage. <laughs> where I'm going? No, it's not meant to be carried like a six pack. <laughs> oh my gosh! Actually, John Oliver did. It was last Sunday. He did a bit on uh, sex education in the country, and they he had you know he'll bring all sorts of actors and you know stars on his show to do stuff, and they did. Uh, 
first they showed some of the most ridiculous, ridiculous sex education teachers and abstinence only teachers uh, that you've ever seen. You just, it's hard to believe that these people actually go from school to school and teach this this stuff. And then he did his own with all these actors and it is absolutely hilarious. You can you can find him on YouTube. He always releases all of his bits on YouTube. But look up the John Oliver sex education um, course and, and you'll get a good laugh for sure. So, Grant, you you think kids are having sex younger now or experimenting younger now than when you or your parents were children? According to the few things that I've read, as well as other adults that I've talked to, um, that seems to be the case. I don't know. I, I remember when I was a kid reading that book, uh, Dick and Jane. Do you, <laughs> do you ever read those? I did not. I think they were pretty Aww. graphic, so... I remember Andrew Dice Clay was talking about Jack and Jill going up the hill with a buck fifty each. <laughs> Joe came down with three dollars. Oh, what a horror! <laughs> I don't Classic. think anything's changed with having if they're doing it earlier or not. I just think they're introduced to a lot, a broader spectrum of stuff at an earlier age than they oh, used to absolutely. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I was. I think I was probably oh nine or 10 years old when, you know, my buddy and I stumbled upon his parents, um, the joy of sex book, you know, along oh, with some we've all been there. stuff, you know, we all went, we went through that all, but I'll tell you what, this is kind of interesting is I went to a, I went to a Catholic school. Um, not, I'm not Catholic, but it was, you know, private. Hey, education. me too. Me too. Did you see? And, and we, we, now ours, I don't know if I you guys had Satanist school. Did you? Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Explains much. Douche of the lingerie. That perfect baldness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're, you're, you're just not wearing the stash, are you? <laughs> but uh, I, when, I, when I started there, uh, we actually had nuns. They were being phased out, and they were bringing in lay teachers, and the principal was still a nun. But uh, my fifth grade was where we learned basic reproduction. It wasn't a sex ed class in any way, shape, or form, but it was definitely a reproduction class. And and that's I'm eleven at that point. And this was in this would be the uh, this would be nineteen seventy-nine. So, you know, I think it really did depend on where you were when that education was being taught. I know for a fact that now that in in um, public schools they're just t- flat out teaching sex ed at, at fifth and sixth grade. And in, especially in certain communities where they have found where they've got, you know, really, really uh, low um, young pregnancy rates. My mother had her first child, my sister, when she was 14, four months after her 14th birthday. That's great. So, wow. yeah. And, you know, a, and apparently you know, folklore has it that, uh, this was uh, tradition. In my family. <laughs> oh, nice. So yeah, I had the the talk with my daughter. Uh, I've had the talk with my two youngest daughters, as far as they'd be able to understand. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that definitely, when you have girls and boys uh, exploring age, shall we say, it's it's important to give them at least some tools to be so able what? to navigate all this information they're seeing. What kind and of tool are you talking about? Though? Remote control. 
they can what, turn what ages what ages doug uh my oldest is 15 middle child is 11 and the youngest child is nine okay and you have a you have approached all of them with some sort of a conversation oh, yeah okay. absolutely you know, God forbid they should be in a situation that is not totally in their control. I want them to have some knowledge of what's going on around them. My daughter always comes up and says, hey, guess what? And I always go, you pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Grandpa. Get so, used to it. So, so yeah, we get that talk all the time. <laughs> she's just, Dad! <laughs> she's not allowed to date until she's 40. Well, i got to ask. I mean... Okay. Uh, go ahead. One thing I stumbled on on last episode when we, when we brought up the condoms was this old was this kind of a joke that I heard where they would tell you you know oh we can't we can't have you know hand out condoms in in schools and in like uh, you know vending machines we can't just give those to kids because then kids are going to go have sex. I'm sorry, but I carried the same fucking condom in my wallet my entire high school and it never got used. So <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. had sex, right? <laughs> just, <didn't use> <laughs> just silence <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about those nuns What uh, Was it a Catholic high school Or a Catholic public school Was it was it public by the time you left Well they came yeah. in with lay teachers So I mean come on <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They started as public and landed up being pubic Pubic exactly <laughs> Oh pubic school <laughs> Another interesting tidbit I found that uh, The amount of condoms used every year worldwide is five billion which and the reason why i'm bringing that up is imagine well, what that, there. exactly imagine <laughs> how many people are what that number is total like without condoms well within with and without condoms. a lot of people are having sex out there <laughs> i mean it is the world's recreational pastime you don't get to seven billion people on the planet without having a little sex well, yeah, with five billion condoms being sold, I mean, just the amount of billions to make it seven billion or whatever it is. Yeah. So, what do you think the biggest reason that we have such a large uh, number of uh, un- un- I don't know what the proper terming is it for, but underage teen pregnancy? I think, think it's a spur of the moment. <laughs> yeah, a shot in the dark. Spur of, the sperm of a moment. <laughs> the sperm of the moment. <laughs> you know, guy probably poked a little fun. She took him seriously. And do you th- feel like the reason that? F- for that number is due to education or just due to kids not coming? Well, hey, look. When, Dave, when, where were you? You just took that so you took his answer so serious and kept on rolling. You did he, that just breezed right by you. Yeah, yeah. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Come on. Wow, I felt that burn. I know. I lose my phone and now now this. <laughs> That's okay. So, I'll be a Oh, That's all right. To, to be fair, to be fair, the the idea that Davis is headlining a discussion on sex is kind of ironic. But all right, moving oh! on. <laughs> oh, you went there. Damn. The gloves came off. I don't even have yeah. some aloe. I'm gonna have to go to the store and buy some aloe for that burn. <laughs> you should probably buy Jergens. Or do you already have yours? <laughs> I love I love this podcast, guys. Let's never stop. <laughs> So what were you going to say, Dave? Sorry. 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 I, I'm just trying to understand how, like, uh, I, I know so many people, uh, like, l- l- th- there's one side of the scale where I see, I, I know a couple of people on Facebook who who are the religious type, and I think this one girl I know is on her 10th kid. It's just nuts. 10th kid. 
And then I know they other have people. Sex, they have to have a baby. Well, I know, but like, do you not feel like as as a as a person, you have to have some responsibility for what's in your means? Like, I I haven't had any kids, so I don't know what the cost of raising them is. But like, if I think about putting one kid for, through college, it just it just doesn't compute. I worked with a guy that was Catholic, and they didn't use anything. They were like the real meaning of Catholic, and they they were on their, I think their seventh or eighth kid, and he was in his early thirties. And I'm I'm looking at him going like, how are you going to afford? Like all these kids through college, or whatever he says, oh, they're going to pay for their own. I'm not paying for them. I said, so really, what you're saying is, good chance all your kids are not going to college. No, so. wrong. No, let me let me interject right there because I I am in that same that same field of thinking. I that you know, you and I talked um, off air on the phone today, Paul, and I talked about my financial situation with you and how we're kind of rebuilding our life financially. Yep. The idea of saving for my kids' college is. I mean, I, I I just don't see it unless somehow we inherit lots of money or I repurpose my life to a completely different career that allows us some sort of financial freedom. Uh, other, otherwise, what it's going to come down to is my wife and I are determined and dedicated to to teach our children to love learning, to love educating themselves and constantly being hungry for new information with the hopes that they will be smart enough, they will be driven enough and determined enough to do the best they can in school so that they can get into college on a free ride via scholarships or grants, and they will be able to to have it paid for uh, on their own intelligence. Okay. I mean, because that's really all we can do at this point. There, I mean, yeah. we don't have sixty thousand dollars. Will we have sixty, seventy extra thousand dollars to nope. send one of our kids to school by the time they're college uh, age? Not a chance. But think about it. You've got two. Imagine having eight or ten and trying to instill that on all of them, and how different they all are, and how busy you as parents would be with that many kids in your house. Let's well, now get to Jason to, to, on this call. To to be fair, to be fair, in that particular situation, there there's two types of families that do that. There is the the religious minded family who again uses unprotected sex. They get pregnant. They build a family. A lot of those families, a lot of them, they have that financial freedom. They they are they are uh, smart enough and financially set enough that they can they can weave their way through those difficulties. The other side of that coin, the the, the other people are the people whom um, are financially destitute, and yet they still they still keep having kids. That happens in America every day, all the time. People who shouldn't have babies continue to have babies, and you know who pays for their college education? Us. That's right, the taxpayers, because there are programs and funding out there for those children who are born into that kind of financial difficulty. What do you What do you think, Hannah and Lady? Yeah, or sorry, Eric, you've been quiet through this whole thing about the school i mean when, when it's time for that i i'm like grant i'm gonna try and teach the kids you know don't expect me to take care of you when it comes to college and stuff we'll help out what we can i'm not gonna just straight up tell them we're not helping you at all we'll help out by here's a place to live here's this and that you're gonna have to work for it yourself but my kids will absolutely have a place <clears throat> to live as long as they're in college i don't even yeah, care if they see, have a job yeah that, i feel the same way i would i would like them we've, we've talked about him. Corbin's almost 14. It's almost time to start looking for a little job 
a little one, man. I worked at a video store when I was 14 for four hours a week or something, you know, something just to start teaching responsibility. And so they have their own money. And then for college, yeah, just try and do the best you can in school, whether it be sports or studying and to try and be able to get that scholarship or something See, I, that they can. I even said I would pay like my kids if they go local. They can stay here for free, no problem. I, I've already bought them their cars. I mean, just so that they could go to school and work. And I know they don't make that much money, but if you go local, like my daughter's going to Austin Community College, and it's not that expensive. And I told them I'd help them out that way. But if you want to go away, you're on your own. Yeah, I definitely not- pushed for the community college, try and get all your general ed out of the way, and then if you want to go off, do it. But. Yeah, but yeah, they're on your own. I said I will continue to support you if you stay here at home and, and you go to a, some. Even if she went to university here local, I'd probably try and support her on that as well. What about a son in another country? You already got your <laughs> chance, buddy. You've already <laughs> been dead to do what you got to do, and you keep putting it off. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Here, 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 here. Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. Piffle. Piffle. Yes, piffle, piffle. <laughs> well, I'm getting my girls all pagers, and they can pay for their own college. Hell yeah. <laughs> what, who's calling them on their pagers? Is, is it, is no it re- one. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually realistic in the States to put yourself through, not a community college, but a college, if you're, say, you're living at home and working a job? Because I know a big part of it has to do with the going away experience, and that equals most of your tuition. Wait, 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 wait. Why do you think going away has a big thing to do with it? That's that's a That's uh, a big part of American staple for going to school. No. No, that's that's just what you've been, I guess, you know, the movies you fed. watch. Yeah, no, not movie. even. I even when I went to high school, most of my classmates were all going to different different states or universities just so that they could get out from you know, and go try to try to grow up and live their life. You don't see that too much over here in Canada. I don't see it that much here anymore. I guess I get what you're saying, but I, I mean, for the most part, that just seems like a media-driven ideology, not not a reality. I mean, but at the same time, to to your point, and I guess I'll use this as an example. I know people that go to like Miami and Las Vegas and do all these crazy things during um, spring break. You know, like they go away for spring break and they have parties and they have friends. And like, I never knew a single person directly that did that. But I always heard of other people doing it. You know, I never did that. I don't do that. Uh, you know, I don't anticipate my, my kids will do that. But that's that's something that I always heard about happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, same here. I'm in San Diego and you think a lot of people are partying, going out. I didn't know anybody that went to spring break. Or even the people that would go for college and then they left to go out of state for college, only a small handful of them actually did their whole college time and experience and came back with degrees and stuff. Everyone else, it was just a party thing that they thought they were going to get away from their parents and it, it, it did nothing. And they're back into junior college in back San Diego. So I don't I don't think that's going to benefit your college career or anything if if you think you have to go somewhere else to do it. I would I would encourage my kids, in fact, to do the the opposite. I mean, it's going to be laid out for my children that if they if they're going to college, they are here in my house for free for as long as they're in school. If they are not in college and they are in my house, they're working. And if that's my deal. And if they don't get a job, then and, and unfortunately, I have to do the the tough love bit, and I have to tell them you're you're out on your own. I mean, the, what am I going to do? I'm going to let my kids not 
learn the the responsibility of being employed and and have the life experiences of the struggles and the um the the triumphs and the successes of of what comes with getting a job losing a job finding a job no you know i i I just can't, if they're not going to make an attempt to better themselves, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all parents, but I I find that I will, I I believe there will come a time if I were in that situation that I would have to be the tough love parent and say, look, I'm as a parent, I'm not doing you any good. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a parent by letting you basically not do anything with your life. So if you're not going to do anything with your life, I'm going to be the best parent I can, even though it's going to hurt me, and I'm going to push you out the door, and you're going to have to fend for yourself. But well, that's you're not- why I think it's it's important to start them younger with part time little jobs and yeah. having their own money, right. so that they know, you know, and it's better for me to have this little bit of money that I don't have to ask my parents for it, and they feel better. I always I feel awesome about it not having to ask anyone for it, and when it came time to college or not, you know, you. You're you're already working towards being able to take care of yourself, and you yeah, start them yeah. young. So what, that, what that'll if, help. What if your kid has no need, or he doesn't hunger money? He's just That's content having allowing, nothing. Well, there's a point where what's nothing. Well, I I, mean, I agree. I'm just I'm just saying. Well, I assume you're you're, 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 you're referring to my brother. Yeah, nothing is. Do they have a cell phone? Do they have a TV? Do they have this? Are they eating? There, I mean, roof if, over their head. I mean, I mean yeah. you could you could keep the roof over their head, but you could say, all right, now you have no phone, now you have no this. How are you going to wipe your butt? Because that toilet paper costs as much. You're going to have to take care of something. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, here's a roof exactly. over your head, but now what are you going to do? So you take the internet, you take the phone away. Oh, I can't. Those should be the first job. things gone. Oh hell no! Here's here. We, I just bought a dial-up phone for you here. Right <laughs> there you go, buddy. Hey, the they also need money for condo offset phone. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, Paul. You just, do you know how I found a job? It was not from dialing a phone. It was literally from having my parents drive me around to different places, and I would actually walk in, ask if they were hiring, fill out an application, and move on to the next place. Nonstop all now. the time. Everything. Even no, you everything. can still do that's stuff. That's not true. That's not there, true. There, 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 is, there is a degree. There, leave you. There, there is a degree of businesses and places that you go into now that literally won't even take an application. No, like you have to not go when you're online. 14. That not is true. You're 14. That is you're true. not yeah. trying to go get a job that's going to be I'm your not, career later. I'm you're just going 14. to get a little. <laughs> no, okay. So you're talking a young adult. Well, let me tell you. There is job finding services such as, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Paul, Manpower. There's, there's job fairs in towns everywhere everywhere all the, all the time there's this thing called the library where you can get access to a computer no for free yeah. Hell yeah. seriously free. Wasn't, that, wasn't, wasn't that a place that Doug was talking about that they make it's a collection of books dude yes. I watched Tom, tomes. Tomes, there too, I tomes I watched tomes. war games the other day and he <laughs> went and he looked at yes, the old did. newspaper clippings oh man I forgot about those stupid would you machines. like to play a game microfiche <laughs> Microfiche. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not as easy as you think. It's it's it, not. It, it, most people are fortunate that their kids are you know pretty good and they have a hunger for money or they want to work and get out and do things. But it, you get you get an anomaly. Can I can I, to find. can I play tough love on you, Paul? I I do no. think it's as easy. As <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, I'm with Grant on that. Love. I I do I think I hear, you know who it's easy for. It's easy for the kid that you're letting get away with it. It's hard for you. It's hard yeah. for you. you just, it's easy you, for him. He's got it easy. 
because you're not holding his feet to the fire. He's taking advantage of your generosity. You know, I just had this argument with my parents yesterday. I watched a lady who wanted something knowing that my mom would just give it to her. My mom would have given it to her if she, if she would have just asked, can I have it? But nope, this lady used all kinds of manipulative speech and um, verbal patterns to work uh, my way, or her way rather, into my mom's heart. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, you could. So my mom was selling a blanket for like $80. And she was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest blanket ever. And my mom was like, yeah, my my mom made it by hand. And it's it's a ginormous queen-size blanket, all hand-woven, beautiful. And she was, oh, this is the most greatest thing ever in the whole world. But, you know, I, whew, you, it's, it's just too expensive. I can't afford it. Well, you've been so nice to me lately, dear. Just you go ahead and take it. And I watched this lady essentially manipulate my mom, knowing that my mom is one of the most generous, giving loving uh people in the world and and the lady took it and left and i i looked at my mom and i said man i can't believe you just did that and i i just had this kind of same conversation i just think you're you're incredibly loving and generous paul and and i think you have a difficult time with the idea of having to to crack that whip that's gonna really cause some ripples i i, I don't want to turn this into a show of of uh <laughs> nagging on dad for parenting but i will ask you one question dad what what was it about me that you were able to let me go off into the wild and essentially try to grow up as border opposed- patrol i guess <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's called, called called the law <laughs> yeah you can't i don't think you could look at that the same way because he he had to take care of his family too and there's two different Listening to those stories i mean you weren't like 13 or 14 and <laughs> know, he just right? left you off dude you were like 1920 but, but no 21. but no conversely i had to, I, I had 21 i had to essentially yeah, see, that's completely different but me and my brother are pretty much relatively around the same age but yet you were able to well i don't want to say able to but you had trust that i would be able to go out and and not and be okay but well, yet and you why, why is it so hard for it to be conversely the same way with uh, my brother because you did go out you had a full-time job you had a car. You were taking care of yourself for the most part already. Um, so we knew you could take care of yourself. And frankly, didn't have a choice, right? And frankly, did not have a choice, no. Nope. I, I mean, <laughs> not saying it was an easy decision, not saying that your mom hadn't, you know, kind of beat me up on that one for a while. But what do I do? They could have, you know, could have just all stayed behind, I guess, and I could have gone down and worked. And sometimes you just have to make decisions and hope things work out for the best. Now, hearing this story, it sounds like you did this the decision best for the family. And then it wasn't, I mean, it's, I don't know, dude, you were 21. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's he time was, to, yeah. to go live your life now. And you had the family there. And to be, to be honest, you've proven that the decision, whether it was the it, right it, one. Yeah, whether you're hurt about it or whether you still have harbor like these emotional feelings about it, that the fact of the matter is is that you've proven it wasn't a, a bad decision, Dave. You, you've you've gone off and you've made a life for yourself. You're well respected by your friends. You're well respected by pretty much everybody that you come into contact with. And except Darren. <laughs> yeah, but 
I'm yeah. gonna keep my mouth shut with that one. <laughs> but, but but you know what I mean? I mean you're just you you've become a decent human being. It's not like you all of a sudden were left behind by your family and you became a drug addict on the streets of Toronto selling your body at night just to get a meal. You know, well, I mean, we don't know if some of that didn't happen. <laughs> but <laughs> Hey man, some nights when you're craving Taco Bell and you don't got that seven fifty five, you gotta you got to do some things. But if you remember, too, you, you had a friend and you moved. I think you moved in with a friend. You already, if I remember correctly, you were already planning to move out on your own anyway. You had talked about it, you and this other friend of yours. Well, it's good. Dave, Dave's doing good. Everyone's doing, it's, it's worked out perfect. Now it's Dave's brother's turn. Yes. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's, none of this would have happened, it. Paul, if you just would have wore a condom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a wrap. Here, here, here's an interesting, here's an interesting turnaround before we get more into condom talk. Uh, what? I, a few of the guys here have a vasectomy, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yep. soon enough, buddy. Soon enough. So I, I don't want to hear this so much from Dad. I'm sorry because I'm part of this co- this this podcast. But what, what's it like ha- having a vasectomy and just knowing Please. that you can go in there? And just not worry about having a condom anymore. Is it like oh, yes. two words? Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> especially with especially with the women that I know that really wouldn't mind getting pregnant. I'm like, I'm so good. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna can, we're can gonna you, name that one Houdini. Can you manipulate that, Hannah? Where you're like, yeah, sure, I'll get you pregnant. Ha, saka. Tools on you. <laughs> My friend growing up, both of his parents were fixed, the mom and the dad. And then he was born. Really? Yeah. Yeah, can't happen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you Needless don't go to back. say, every day was an awful day for him because he was reminded multiple times yeah. of how that was. <laughs> what was his name? Houdini? We took steps. <laughs> That's crazy that that yeah. can still happen, even though you've you've taken steps to uh, to do that. You're supposed to go back and get checked eight weeks later, and a lot of people don't. The doctor told me that. He says a lot of people don't, and I really, really, really encourage you because there are these little I forget what he called them like webs or spider veins or whatever that mm-hmm. can still carry yep. semen and you need to make sure that he got them all and that's what he said he told me you straight out he says if if you think you're safe until we do that test i can't guarantee that i went back three times and i enjoyed every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean basically you just ask your wife hey can you give me a hand <laughs> hey, I was calling any girl I could to come over to get me to that whatever minimum eighteen or twenty something orgasms. <laughs> okay. Wow, I had that done like within seventy two hours. I know that's oh. why I was like, "Come on over, anybody, come on, yeah. help me out." You've got like balloons on your porch with a sign that just says "Welcome, welcome, <laughs> anyone." <laughs> I'm just nervous. I'm so nervous about. Having some needle down there. Wait, well, yeah. well, well, before we get into that, uh, I was actually going to say for the guys that have done it, anybody that wants to share, because there's probably people curious listening. And, Eric, and like you had Eric just said, heard me tell this story a million times. I don't right? care, dude. I heard yeah, it. It doesn't to, matter. Listen to my stranger cons. I think Grant and I went into full detail on both of ours. <laughs> you no, know, I heard it and I, it, it, we're, it, I just get totally shuts me down. That's the only reason why I haven't done it. Do you know what creeped me out was the uh, the burning, the burning, or the the uh, only reason why i tell this story isn't because like i have fun telling it it's because it's an experience that you make up in your head if you go and have the procedure done that i had we're talking almost zero pain 
No, I don't, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I never, have you ever just been I, tapped why there? Would I li- why would I lie or make that up or make I'm it I'm not saying you this? will. I just psyched myself out for years. No, it's, it's, <laughs> but that's what people painless. do. baby. Bags of peas. That <laughs> I didn't do, and I paid Those the price the next day. It blew up like the size of a watermelon. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> when they say ice it, Ice it. <laughs> Ice it, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know how some people could be like, I went to work the next day. I'm like, Damn, hell no, man. That. I am. I went to I'm work the same off. day. I went to oh, work the same crazy. day. Oh, you're crazy. I went in the, I, I said, I'm going for lunch. I No, actually, I said I had a doctor's appointment. I went at 10. I got back. They says, we're going for lunch. I went for lunch with them, worked all afternoon. And then the next day, David had a hockey tournament I had to go to. And that's when it's like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. I should have gone home and listened to what they said. And, you know, like. Take rest, put bags of ice on it, whatever, and it it blew up pretty good. The, I thought the I was... only pain I felt was a quick, like it, it, less than a, a full rubber band snap on my testicles when he. Um, so it's not a needle; it, it's it, it's it's actually forced air through the skin, <laughs> and and you can't you can't hardly feel it. But the the amount of pain was. Um, and it's Novocaine, if I remember correctly. That uh, that yeah, gets they injected. freeze it. Like no, 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 no. It's just it's 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 forced. Oh yeah, it's injected. It, it, right. It's but with no needle. So there's right. no needle. There's no scalpel. There's no sutures. What's the procedure called? I'm looking up now. See if Kaiser has it. I'm sure, it's, it wasn't just a call of, you know, guy nuts. playing with your nuts. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> I, Blowing I, on I, his nuts. He goes, "No, you're all good, man. You're okay." <laughs> it's, you know what? Um, <laughs> So, so my wife. Was in the room. I just pictured a guy looking at you, dude. Sorry. <laughs> like, uh, just sad sack. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, my wife was in the room though, and it wasn't until um, he was cauterizing the tubes, which I couldn't feel. But uh, you know, I'm looking straight down the line of my stomach to where my down, you know, to my testicles. My wife is sitting off to the side. And so I'm kind of got my head turned and I'm looking at her and you could just see her eyes widen as he's, <laughs> as, he, as yeah, he's he cauterizes sit- them, right? Yeah. As, as he's cauterizing them. And so then I turn my head and look straight down the line and all I see is this little tiny wispy plume of smoke. Yeah, yeah. smoke. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And it yeah. smells too. So what uh, was it called? Oh, geez. It's, it's a bisectomy. The no scalp. No, no, no. Oh, it's, oh, oh. Yeah, the the it's no called, scalpel uh, vasectomy, no scalpel. Right. I'm I'm trying there to find. Go. Oh, there it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link to, which was actually the doctor who who invented it is the doctor who did it for me, and um, and then he has videos actually that discusses this on, on the internet as well. I'm gonna put it in the um. In the chat, we'll put in it in the, the show notes, people. I'm putting it in the chat window, so you can see the link right there. And his his uh, his name is Doctor Motman, which he's not in your area, but you will be able to find somebody in your area. Anyway, not, hmm. I don't think I, we've I, sold Eric on this whole procedure okay, yet. Eric, <laughs> let's, Eric, let's put it this way: touching a tattoo needle to your arm is more painful than the forced air injection that he gives you on your testicles. See, you're talking about my testicles. It's a completely different thing <laughs> No going needles. On, well, it looks like my insurance has it, so it might be something to look into. <clears throat> chop, chop. Get her done. Until yeah. then, chop. you can use condoms. <laughs> yes. Hell no. Of condoms. Were you aware 
that there was at one point a prototype for a spray-on condom. I remember hearing about that. Back yeah, in 2006. Glue. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the, the idea was inspired by the same mechanics of a drive-thru car wash or a spray tanner where you would insert your penis into a chamber <laughs> where, where, <laughs> where nozzles would apply a coat of fast-drying liquid latex. It took about a minute to do it, okay? But the problem was is there was, like, no reservoir tip, and guys were too scared to, to put their penis in this hole, this glory hole of latex, if you will. So they, they kept trying it with their finger, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but if, if you have to tell your girl, like, hey, hold on, I, I, I need protection. No, 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 not condoms. It'll take a minute, but I promise it'll be good. And you pull out a can of spray. And well, the other problem, the other problem was that um, the, the actual drying process after application took two to three minutes. And apparently most test subjects were limp well before then. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. It, it's a great Absolutely. but terrible idea. Plus, I wonder what the failure rate of that would be, too. Like, cause you'd it have was to enough sure. for it to not work. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Did you know killed that the, I killed the mood myself. That's sorry. <laughs> no, the average condom right, can back. hold a gallon of liquid. Anybody got that amount in them? A gallon. A gallon. Dave might. That's oh, a gusher. Man. Well, he's been keeping it up so long. Yeah, it's been so bad. <laughs> I think it would just, I think it'd just be a, a, a solid dart that would shoot out the end at this point. Do you know, do you know what I'm going to do? This, I'm, I'm, this, girl, I'm, this girl would shoot across the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a super sperm. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to send out Christmas cards this year, but the next time I get late, I'll send out like little cards saying, like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> What's did this what? from Dave? Oh, be that so long will I'll be going. Did what? <laughs> It'll be a picture of the giraffe with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's better, better that's yet, the could, signal. Could it be? Could it be a picture of the girl holding a banana? Oh man, she got she got fired. I wish I would have got to talk to her before she it's left. Got to be giraffe with a cigarette. That's it the does. signal. Okay, you that know what? Doug that saw you with the banana got fired. Yes. Oh shit! How come? She probably told him he saw you with the banana. <laughs> they didn't Don't, believe her. Like, get out, get out. One of our employees wouldn't do that. I, I'll well, Doug will find out first because I'll have to get him to Photoshop me a giraffe smoking a cigarette, and then uh, I'll send that out as my my triumphant. But take a picture of your giraffe, so it's the giraffe that you send out with, and he can Photoshop a cigarette in there. Okay, I got Photoshop. I could do that too. Well, I'm not going to tell you. No, I said I could Photoshop it for you. You don't have to. T- what do you mean you're not going to tell me? <laughs> There's still some boundaries we can't cross yet. Dude, he's your biggest cheerleader by now. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Who's the one that's always encouraging you? You're like, come on, son. You can do it. How much are, Take how much that are first Canadian step. hookers? <laughs> Go to college or get laid. Get them for eight Ah, man. Uh, it, uh, well, I don't know. Is We're, prostitution legal in Canada? Hell no. No, uh, it's not legal, but but it's not frowned upon. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a gray area. Yeah, well, I hope it's not a gray area. I hope it's neatly trimmed and clean. And if it's it gray, it's probably not gray. To each his own, man. To each his own. Canadian strip clubs are better than American strip clubs. Oh, I will. I will keep my mouth shut right there. Fair my wife listens to cheetahs? this. You guys have like cheetahs. Cheetahs right? sucks, dude. <laughs> cheetahs is like the crappiest. Never mind. <laughs> I've been around a lot, and I gotta admit that the best ones I've seen is uh, Quebec. 
Yes, oh, yeah. the French. The French know how to party. The girls have only a few bullet wounds. It's yeah. they're spectacular. They are. Yeah, they're just like drop dead. Like so whoa. I, I worked at a strip club. Did you actually? I really did. Oh, okay. Uh, DJ, we're, we're at we're at an yeah, hour so twenty two. DJ, can we hear this story before we uh we start to wrap it up? Oh, uh, the long and the short of it is, I worked for a private security company and. Uh, anyone who knows me, uh, and, and as well as you guys know me, it just wasn't a job for me, but I was doing it. And uh, uh, so I had got one of the famous, um, I guess, strip clubs here in Michigan is a, a club called Deja Vu. And it used to have a funny tagline. It was 100 beautiful women and three ugly ones. And uh, <laughs> and you were with the three ugly ones. So so my job was pretty simple. I worked um, building security, so I was in the building and out of the building throughout a given night. And I was the night shift, so I I was there at like uh, eight nine o'clock until I don't know three or four o'clock in the morning. And I I simply at the end of the night, it was my job to escort the. Uh, uh, ladies, women, of the, night. the ladies of the night, to their vehicles, just to make sure they got to the car safe. You know, it was nice. Uh, but I ended up quitting because, uh, as you can imagine, it, it's a really shady environment, and the girls date really shady people. And uh, I was walking a girl to her car one night, and a, uh, a a guy drove up, and he was screaming and yelling and hollering at the the stripper, and apparently the ex boyfriend boyfriend I don't even remember at this point it was so long ago but he um he stopped right next to us as we were walking through the middle of the parking lot and i i'm a really small guy and i was even smaller back then and you know there's nothing tough or masculine about me whatsoever but i did have this really big not nightstick but i had like an eight cell or 12 cell i don't know it's a massive flashlight just a mag light you know it's like a bat but i didn't use that no because uh he was dumb enough to when he pulled Ray up next to us, he opened up the car door and he was swearing and he was saying he was going to kick my ass and all this other stuff. And he was saying, you know, making fun of security guards in general. And I was like, do not get out of your car. Please do not get out of your car. And he was, he was going to get out of his car. And I knew if he made it out of his car that I was going to be it for me. So he opened up his car door. And the minute that I saw his first leg hit the, uh, hit the pavement, I kicked that car door as hard as I possibly could. And his leg just like a boss. <laughs> yeah right his leg just uh it, it crumpled and he wasn't going anywhere and then of course i had to phone the real police and uh and and wait inside but that was the last night that i worked there and i only worked there for i don't know three or four months um it, it was i was such a fish out of water like not the environment you would ever think me to work in but it was just one of the accounts that i had as i as i was doing private security so Wow, yep, that was my job. Daredevil episode. What's yeah. that? We're gonna start calling you Daredevil. <laughs> Remind yeah, right. me of the Daredevil episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe it should be beat the craps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I am not a tough guy by any stretch of the not, not even remotely close. Not even remotely close, unless you mess with my kids, and then you know it. You know the, how that goes. I do, I do. I remember in a hockey game, someone's gonna beat David up and. You told that story, didn't you, Dave? Yeah, you told that story. Uh, yeah, I did tell that story. Yeah. Yeah, you did. They'll just have to listen to the strangers' conversation. 
No, you told it on Diamond Mines. I did. Ah, oh, damn it! But <laughs> I'm also, getting old. I don't even remember where the hell I told it anymore. We we all do so many podcasts. We don't know where we're telling stories. Yeah, which podcast is this? I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, if it's Sunday, <laughs> it must be the Inglorious Gentleman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, in case yeah. anybody's listening that is curious, what is the proper way to put on a condom? Just in case we have any listeners that do need to know. With uh, your mouth. First, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Damn it, Eric. <laughs> Hold the tip in your teeth. Oh, that's funny. Well, it's not much different than putting a sock on your foot. That's a good way of looking you, at it. You get it nice and rolled up. Mine's way different the than front. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm giving... You know, some places you're not allowed to teach how to how to put a condom on or on a banana. So this is how you do it if you're if you're in one of those places where you're not allowed to teach that because you know of some religious thing. So you take your sock and you make sure you got a little room for your toes, right? Because you don't want your you know everything to get all cramped in there. So you put it on there and you slowly roll it down your foot and make sure it's nice and good on your ankle. And, and then you put once that is rolled up. Then you put your foot into the shoe. And, and, and just for legal purposes, we are talking about a sock. <laughs> yes, just a sock <laughs> on your foot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you at all. <laughs> was glorious <laughs> we have lost rants a lot <laughs> he has lost his shit i feel like i'm the only person who heard that i heard I, it okay okay <laughs> i just muted myself i'm sorry Wish i'm I sorry do that. does anyone have a particular brand they recommend i know Heno, you you uh you said it last time. <laughs> i went into it already last week probably probably nike sock would be good yes yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> under like armor under armor's got a great name just do it <laughs> i use happy foot, happy foot. <laughs> is that lubricated for her pleasure <laughs> and mine so is it good and enough when you take off the sock that the toe jam goes with it oh. <laughs> that's the beauty of a condom and just like have- socks don't Condoms easy cleanup, man. Well, Guy was have- telling me about a girl he went out with that he said she was so crazy. Uh, he was taking the condom off. She grabbed it out of his hands and tipped it back. Oh, yeah, Jesus. shooters. Yeah, she, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he said because uh, I won't get into the story because I don't want to tell that one. But wow, why didn't he just give it to her direct deposit then? Yeah, I, I'd marry her. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! You've got you've got I mean, like any woman be, that's trying, be careful who's listening. <laughs> you've got this like auxiliary wedding ring in your hey, nightstand. Hello. Still. How you doing? Your company you were gonna make condoms with all of shooters. Just give me that condom. Better than a Jello shot. Where's the pickle juice? <laughs> oh, it makes everything go down smooth. That's <laughs> Dickles. <laughs> Dickles. Okay. All right. Which one of you gentlemen made me lose my shit? I need to know. <laughs> 
who broke me? Because there's no way Hanno heard that. But... Who broke me? <laughs> Which one of you gentlemen broke me? It's not something you hear every day in a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it was it had to have been Doug or Paul. Oh, it was funny you. I cannot tell a lie. Fucking pickle that juice. Paul. Oh, oh man. man. <clears throat> I'm not gonna be able to do wickles anymore. <laughs> You're gonna be thinking of it the whole time. Aren't you? <laughs> oh, it seems a little extra that... salty. Yeah, as soon as that whiskey touches your lips, oh. you're gonna be imagining a condom full of my sperm-free juice. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, man. I'm gonna bring condoms to Portland just to do shots <laughs> <Yes>. out of. <laughs> Wait a minute. That is awesome. This come out of a baby deal. <laughs> wow! Is it kosher? Yeah, is it oh, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> does uh, does anyone have any other topics they want to bring up? Well, there's always other topics, but <laughs> like I don't said. think we actually really covered condoms like we. Uh, keep it crap. keep it safe people be reasonable and uh whatever you do wickles are delicious do not let this ruin it for you oh man <laughs> what what about uh tips did it, yeah that uh yeah. that anyone everyone has <laughs> i think hanno gave the best one <laughs> so i think he's already covered I, yeah i don't think hanno can get you know what well you it, can go again <laughs> It's a, it's a funny subject matter because at the end of the day, is there anyone other than Heno that uses them regularly? Hell no. Well, I don't. Hell no. Well, we know you yeah. don't, Dave. I met people who are having sex. I, I will. <laughs> I will say I will say though that as a responsible adult and uh, personal belief, I do keep some in my nightstand just in case. Yeah, they, they, they do stay in his nightstand they, when he goes out. They do. They do have dust on them, and the expiry date might be coming up, but I still have them. <laughs> At least something's coming up, huh? At least something's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll be your all's lightning rod of hate. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any ladies listening, uh, my Twitter can be found at DavidMeyer7. Uh, that's an open invitation to use these before they expire. I don't know when they expire, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I hope you get all kinds of... <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to roll one on your toe? <laughs> and take a picture and post in the chat? Yeah. Uh, that should be the stone. picture. <laughs> put, put some milk in it before you roll okay, it Okay, what, 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 if, what if I try to take one and put it around my foot and we use that as the episode picture? Oh, excellent. Okay. I'll do it. Uh, who's going to Photoshop that? Because I ain't down with that. <laughs> <laughs> I said my foot, Doug. <laughs> he didn't say it was a foot hey we don't know what kind of fetish doug has so this may be an issue for him that could be i think we need to add fetishism to the uh the next week's conversation oh yeah nope i won't be there i will not share or divulge any of my fetishes oh no we can just talk to them in general you said I divulge i can monologue for an hour <laughs> so tips tips uh let's start uh let's start with doug oh, damn it uh <clears throat> when you're cooking rice uh try adding a little bit of lemon juice to jazz up a 
frankly <laughs> freaking disgusting side dish. <laughs> Lemon juice in your rice. Yes. That just doesn't sound good, but okay. <laughs> That's my tip. Chew on it. <laughs> Great tip. Uh, how about you, uh, Dad? Well, uh, because we were on condoms, I had looked something up, and, it, and I just wanted the guys to know, according to a researcher, Debbie Herbing Benick, Her Benick, women are just as likely to experience orgasms with or without a condom. So don't think just because you're using a condom that the woman is not getting pleasure. What guy uses a condom and doesn't think so? Just curious. I- because um, I know I'm, whenever I would use one, it was like, I don't experience pleasure. So that's why it sucks. <laughs> I, well, I think that's why most guys think that, you know, well, who the hell even thinks about the girl when you're doing this? Oh, I do. I do. That's my problem. Me too. Yeah. Me too. All right. How about you, Eric? Uh, I have two little tips. Um, the first one, when it comes to condoms, that don't go too big. Just try and impress anybody because it's not impressing anybody. And it's not going to do the job that you want it to do. It's probably going to fall off and just be floppy and look stupid. Um, I have a counter. The second one. Okay, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. One. The second one, real quick, is the uh, uh, made my lunch tonight for work tomorrow. Anyone out there, save money and eat a little healthier. And make your lunch the night before. You don't have to wake up in the morning, be all tired, and try and do it or not do it and buy food. That's just my little tip. Here, 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 here. I will will counter your first statement uh, with a question of uh, I I know condoms are designed to expand remarkably like crazily big like I think dad's they can hold like a gallon of liquid but what if you have one and it just feels too tight should you still keep with it or should you just move on to a bigger size it's supposed to feel tight like uncomfortably tight yeah Um, stop buying children's condoms (laughs) (laughs) I mean you can check it out just you can work your way up you know, I mean, you can look at it and see if it'll fit or not. So they do stretch, and it's the tighter the better, really. Yeah, you get more sensation that way. <clears throat> can you try them on in the store before you buy? <laughs> yeah, you can, just maybe not in the open. It might not be the best thing for the people around you. Or it could be. I don't know where you buy them. <laughs> uh, how about you, Grant? I've got two small bits of advice to think about the first one the early bird gets the worm but the second mouse always gets the cheese <laughs> that's deep we have to have a podcast oh. all on that <laughs> go ahead i'll let that sink in for you dave and the second one never trust someone who puts in the milk then the cereal that's just wow. wrong dude. yeah who the hell does that wrong. that's it that's what i got Hanno, do you want to give another one? Or do you want to stick with your sock? <coughs> I know. I, I you just want to stick with your sticky stick sock? Your sock. <laughs> no, just remember that your seed, your man juice, is your unique spirit and essence. And would you trust it to some slutty, low-intelligence, hot-looking chick? It's better no. than trusting to a shitty toilet. Or a sock. No, I say blow it in a sock instead because you don't want to have a sex. You don't want to have sex with a woman 
that you wouldn't want to be the mother of your children because you never know. Sometimes condoms break. Here, here. Well, I'm going to wrap this up by giving a few, a few points here. Uh, my first question is dad, what did you spend on your education? Well, come on. That was back in the nineties, but let's <clears> paraphrase. I think it probably maybe 14,000, 16,000, something like that. So, so people, if you go to school for whatever subject you believe it, be in engineering, be it art, and you're spending sixteen, fourteen, twenty thousand dollars and you can't get into your profession. If you go into engineering, you get this fancy little ring here in Canada. And uh with this ring, you can open beer. Yes, I'm very good at it. Matter yes. of fact, I was doing that at the pool today. And it impresses me every time that you can open a bottle of beer with your engineering ring. <laughs> which is it, supposed to be a symbol of like what? Construction and not failing. But- If people really want to learn, you can go and look up uh, the Iron Ring in Canada. Just say the Iron Ring Ceremony for Engineers. And there's a whole ton of shit on the website. But basically, every engineer that graduates in Canada from college or university, we call them up there, goes through ceremony. And the ring comes with very specific edges, like cuts in it. And then as you wear it, and it's supposed to represent as you mature, the ring starts to smooth out. And it means that you're becoming more seasoned and smarter, uh, you know, more, I don't want to say talented, but experienced. That's where I'm like, more experienced engineer as, as it smooths out. Just like, you know, from rough to smooth means that it's been worn and used. That's the same thing as as you're learning. And the original rings came from the bridge across the St. Lawrence Seaway in Quebec City that they had built. And if I remember this story, Doug probably knows this story, right, where uh, I believe it was 1914 or something like that, they were building this bridge, and they were putting the span down, and the span collapsed and killed, like, over 100 people, like, because they were using boats with um, winches and all kinds of stuff. So they went back and looked at it and go, oh, you know, we didn't have bushings in to take the, you know, to absorb some of the, the weight and, and allow it to move. It was so tight that it literally crum- it buckled. So they put these bushings in. I'm, I believe I got the story right because I haven't read this in a while. They went to put the span on again, and it collapsed again. And they realized that they didn't grease the bushings. So the bushings literally just seized, and it, and it was like what they had before. It was a solid structure, and it wouldn't give, so it just crumpled and broke. So the third time they did it right, and of course it worked, and I believe that bridge is still there to this day, but it was supposed to be a lesson to all engineers that your your responsibility for what you're doing to the public, that, you know, we always said that, you know, doctors kill people one at a time. We kill them by the hundreds. So it's something to think about, you know, when you're actually designing or doing something that you do have a public responsibility, and that ring's supposed to remind you because you see it when you're working. And the moral of the story is, turd time's the charm, eh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're interested, look it up, Iron Ring Ceremony. I believe it's all there. I haven't, like I said, I haven't read that in a while, but that's how I remember it. Exactly. And it can open beer, which is always cool. Uh, My last... Sorry? I can pop... I say I can pop beer caps like crazy. Just boom, boom, boom. I'm going to get you to do it at RCCC, because people need to see it. No problem. Don't buy the twist on. You have to buy the regular... 
I won't buy a twist on. Uh, my last two points is, uh, first off, everyone, I encourage anyone to just try what Eric did and uh, just even give up your phone for, for like a meal. Or if you're hanging out with somebody, just put it away, leave it in your car, leave it at home. Just try to interact with people more and not be so attached to your cellular device. Uh, I think you'll notice it'll make a big difference. Try it for a day and see if you can maybe read a book or start a new project. Um, last final point is practice safe sex, people. Nobody wants kids this early. Unless you do, then do your thing, but always be safe. That's, here, here. that's all I got. Also, don't go swimming in the pool <clears throat> with your cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do not go swimming. Damn it. We should have <laughs> cell phone condoms. They could have wrapped it. That would have been safe. <laughs> Million dollar idea. Uh, damn that! Just, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with no cell phone tomorrow. I really don't. This is going to be tough. <laughs> Sir Rocks a lot. Lead us out if you have a song this week. She caught the Katie and left me a mule to ride. She caught the Katie. Left me a mule to ride My baby caught the Katie Left me a mule to ride The train pulled out And I swung on behind I'm so crazy about That hard-headed woman That hard-headed woman of mine Wow I'm bringing my electric drums down. <laughs> well, from, from all of us here at the Inglorious Gentlemen's Club, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I wasn't, but now I am. Oh my god! <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> oh, I I got it. I got caught oh, already on. <laughs> oh, Sound <man>. bite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. <laughs> all right okay all right let's do, do this new zealand that's my favorite character i mean rancelot disappeared did he yes rancelot yeah. has dropped off um, he must have pushed the button he did except it only did it at his house <laughs> he'll magically <laughs> reappear <laughs> during the edit well i hope he so, does he, he, he said he was uh he was upstairs but he might have to move downstairs depending oh so ready. That was glorious. <laughs> we have lost Rancelot. <laughs> he has lost his shit. <laughs>